0: We've got lyrics to go. It's episode 36 of For Our Edification. And thank you for joining me on this episode of For Our Edification, your personal leadership goodness podcast. I'm Eddie Francis. And For Our Edification is brought to you by Edify Ventures LLC, brand strategy and event experiences. Learn more at edifyventuresnola.com. And you can get past episodes of our Edification by going to eddiefrancis.com. You can also go to YouTube and you can check out some past episodes there. Or just get the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. How about that? Why not? That is a question that seems to pop up a lot with the guests on this episode of For Our Edification. Austin Levy is his name. And this man will get an idea for some lyrics, so he'll go ahead, hit his studio, he'll get an idea for a business, he might Go ahead and roll that out. And then there's some other stuff. That he's gotten ideas for. But you know what has led to? is led to him being recognized as one of the Gambit's 40 under 40 here in New Orleans. So Austin joins us on this episode. Let's check him out. The views and opinions expressed on for our edification do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the hosts, guests, or any entities with which we are affiliated. He is an MC and he is a businessman. Austin Levy has been performing, writing, and producing for more than two decades. Um, he's also been running the Hut Studios for more than two decades. And one of Austin's most recent ventures, I've been there, is Biscuits and Buns on Banks. <laughs> it's 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 a very <laughs> cool restaurant. I do recommend it. Uh this year Austin was recognized in New Orleans as uh Gambit as one of their 40 under 40. Austin, my brother, welcome to for our edification. How are you doing, man?
1: Oh, I'm doing fantastic, man. And I want you to know that is like the greatest podcast name and the most appropriate podcast name ever. I know. I it. And, I it. And, and you
0: know what? If people learn something, it's gonna actually mean something. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> so. right? <laughs> <laughs> so um so let so let me tell you, man, I, I really wanted to get you on a podcast. I mean, so first of all, I saw the 40 on the 40 thing. And the first thing I thought when I saw that was very well deserved, definitely deserved. Thanks. um Thanks. I know you have been working really hard at everything you've been doing for quite some time and and one of the things I appreciate the very most about you is that when I was doing the real talk talk show, you immortalized <laughs> me, man. you put me in one of your rhymes like i right. and I know and that it meant a lot to been. me that meant a lot to me because I was just like. Oh, I'm half of the crew. Now I feel like I'm actually half of the crew of the show. Thanks, <laughs> so,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, man, I appreciate that. So that's the only reason you're on the podcast because you put me in your ride, man. But anyway, <laughs> all right. Music career. When did you get into music? Why did you get into music? What got you there?
1: <sighs> Our buddy, Wild Wayne, in a in a in a sorta of unintentional kind of way. You know, he had. Uh, 9 o'clock props. That was pretty much the start of it for me. And that was before cell phones, so I'm kind of old. But uh, (laughs) as a a kid, you know, that was my goal. Like, I used to go to football practice. I'm like, man, you got to check me out. I'm going to be on 9 o'clock props tonight. And (laughs) I never got the balls to do it. I never did it for a long time. And Mm -hmm. uh, by the time I finally got confident enough to actually go through with trying to get on 9 o'clock props, I had all these songs and bars and stuff pre-written. It was like, tonight's going to be the night. A few times I never got through, and then a, a couple other times I'm like, "Oh damn, yes, he picked up, click," <laughs> kind of thing. So I uh, had some jitters a few times, but yeah, that's kind of where it started at. Ironically, it started off more or less as, as poetry. I'm a I'm an athlete formerly yeah. in another life, way way back. I played uh football and ran track and all that stuff at Easton. Played uh, pop Warner football, middle school football, all that cool stuff. So mm. that uh. Some things happened while I was in high school that forced me to actually <laughs> take my, my poetry that I was writing on the side and transfer it over to rap. And once I got out of high school, I decided to take rapping a lot more serious. Uh, cause mm. I the, the New Orleans is known for I hate to say it like this, but it is more name known more for murdery rap. <laughs> that's what that's yeah, the best way to yeah. put it. It's, uh, we we know yeah, yeah. for more violent rappers, and uh, as I got Deeper in the high school, 2000, 2001. That's when I graduated. Mm-hmm. I, I got on Nas. And so I went from from like UNLV rap to yeah. like, whoa, we got this dude named Nas that exists. There's this is dude named yeah. AZ and Common and all these people that exist. And like, even oh, on the local geez. scales, like, man, there's this dude named Matt that exists. This is cool. Yeah. I, I can definitely relate to this a lot more than the, I'm going to do this to you and murder you and kill you and do this and rape your mama. It's like, yeah. that's not really me. You know, it's cool to be cool, yeah. but that's not really me. I, I don't see myself ever doing that. And then I saw these people that were telling more stories and doing more poetic, lyrical based rap. And I'm like, I can get jiggy with this. I like this. I, I can uh, see myself going this direction. And like, even before that, yeah, people like, like mystical that mm-hmm. if if I was trying to sound like mystical, I would never rap. Because that is a one-of-a-kind voice. It's like one of the best voices ever in in, in music. So mm. when I heard people like Nas, I was like, all right, that's a little bit closer. That's something I can kind of mimic. I can sort of see myself in that. But yeah. some of the people that I got on earlier in life, are like, yeah, I, I can't do that. And then it kind of just evolved at that point. And ironically, I ended up working with like UNLV and even Mystical and some of these other people later on in life. And Got to meet some of my heroes. Got to meet, meet uh, Mac once he got out, and Fiend, and a few other people. So everything came full circle. But yeah, I uh, got on my journey once, I, once uh once college athletics was no longer an option for me. I got on my <laughs> rap journey.
0: Really? So it is. So so I got to ask you this, especially as a New Orleanian, is there is there anybody you can think about who the rest of the country, anybody from New Orleans? who you say to yourself, I really, really wish the rest of the nation could hear this Joker.
1: It's so many people, man. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's this guy named mid city, a B he calls it. So he changes the name every day. Uh, I think he called <laughs> himself. Aspira baby or something like That's his Instagram name. Currently. Yeah. Amazing. He is an amazing yeah. rapper. Uh, he reminds me of Soldier Slim mm. mixed with, with common. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go together, but when you hear it, it's like, man, the way he's telling the story in a very, very New Orleans manner, and it's a, a very mm-hmm. articulate manner, but it's it's very New Orleans in the slangs that he used and it's very detailed. Like, man, this, this is I never heard nothing like this before. This is kinda cool. Yeah. So you got a guy yeah. like him, uh, I'm not sure you're familiar with uh Fleitches. Amazing, yeah. another amazing rapper. Check him out. It's just flight, flight just, like Righteous, but with flight, yeah, at yeah. The okay, amazing. Okay. He's a producer, he reminds me of a, a young Kanye, but a more lyrical Kanye. He produces, mm. writes his own mm. stuff. Amazing performer, super duper cool father, and everything. Mm. I like him a lot. So, mm-hmm. it's a guy that that I think could, could be anything if hmm. heard by the right you know- people.
0: So now it's you. So you have this thing. So I got to tell you, man, um, reparations. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I I I bump that stuff, man. I love reparations. You know, um, I think my favorite cut is um, if I was white. I, that that's got to be my favorite cut from reparations. Um, yeah. You you have a really interesting. One of the things that I find very interesting about you, um, and your lyrics is that. Yes, you're a storyteller, definitely a philosopher, definitely that. But what comes through in your lyrics a lot of times is your your process of personal growth seems to be in your lyrics all the time. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Is that something that you that you like to talk about, the, the fact that you have
1: personally grown so much? Absolutely. I think that's a, a big part, and it's just like I noticed in the, that... The majority of the MCs that I like, they they show like a, a duality, It's mm-hmm. like I'm a I did this, but I really regret doing this, and I could have mm-hmm. did this a different kind of way. Like people like Ti and like even Nas and all that, a few people they they sort yeah. of speak about how that probably wasn't the smartest decision, and like <laughs> uh, even like uh, with Jay Z for instance, people getting mm-hmm. on him now, they they kind of mad at at Jay Z because he did the four 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 album. And mm-hmm. it was a great album, but it's like, man, Ghostface Killer did that twenty years ago, and uh, blacked <laughs> up and rapping like this for twenty years now. He want to talk deep and talk about investing and in all this stuff. Nah, that's not deep. So it's a, it's a weird power struggle. But I, I think everybody comes full circle at a point. Mm-hmm. They just at a point where they feel like, yeah, that probably wasn't cool, or maybe I was kind of disrespectful to women, and now I have two kids yeah. and a wife now, and that might not have been a thing to do. <laughs> But, but, I, uh, I, mean, I said in uh on something that Xavier one time, uh, and I think Manny Fresh was the guest speaker, mm-hmm. and it was weird. This was like, ooh, this might have been right out of the Katrina, maybe 2006 2007. And Manny Fresh was speaking on the panel, and I saw him sort of cringe like, uh, Manny Fresh said some wild things. Well, I, I don't know if it was the uh, the uh, verse on something, but he was like, Yeah, we're not gonna do that. That's, that's it's kind of weird. Because he was like, you talking to a crowd of 18 and 19-year-old women with mm-hmm. girls and college kids about what you're going to do to them in the bed and my dick's so big and this kind of thing. <laughs> and it, it was a little weird. I'm sure he's a different person now, probably in his 50s at this point. Yeah. And, you know, his, his daughter might have literally been in that audience. So, you know, just yeah. retrospect.
0: But i mean i think I think that's one of the thing it's interesting because the audience is never ready for their favorite artist to grow i find mm. they are never yeah. ready for it. I remember i was watching you remember v h one uh did this uh oh, they did this this docu series uh behind the music remember they did behind the music and Absolutely. I'll never forget they I'll never forget the uh, episode they did on Metallica and Mm. the backlash that metallica caught from their fans when they all cut their hair and i remember sitting there thinking well these dudes have really been through a lot and they're not getting any younger they got to grow up at some point i mean they they got to they they got to try after a while yeah yeah i mean like you looked at 76. yeah Yeah, you know it's it's just like come on man i mean they gotta grow so i find it's really interesting because jay-z's real fans like his Mm. real fans they they hear it they see it and they're like okay i like this other level because he's taking us to another level and honestly the people who really listen to jay-z you know they they catch everything he says (laughs) you know they they catch they catch every little thing that he says but the jokers who are really not the people who aren't ready to let go of some stuff they're the ones Mm -hmm. who to me they're the ones who seem to have the most trouble whenever an artist decides to transition i remember when prince decided he didn't want to sing some of his old songs anymore um or he or he would do different versions of his old songs and there were some people like no i like the nasty prince and and other people like no i like i like this maturing prince you know it was was he he just Yeah. yeah he he found a way to do it so when when did you decide when you when you went on this path uh, of saying okay I have some other stuff that I want to talk about and here's the other thing I noticed you talk a lot about the future too you, you talk about the yeah. future of your family you talk about the future of people when did that transition happen for you
1: uh, probably uh that's a great question well the, the future stuff it just I, it's just, uh, uh, I guess, maturity. When I got into my mid-20s, early 30s, mm. I, I had a family and kids. And just thinking about how I would want my, my story to read to them. It's, this is all, uh literally write my story through music at this point. So what Fat, do I family want to a
0: has a, Family has a way of doing that to you.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just wanted to make music that I was proud of. And in the past, uh, mm-hmm. this was still at Katrina's mic, like maybe 2007, 2008, I, uh, there was an artist, I was performing at some, some I don't even know where I was performing at, but it was locally, it was a female artist that I respect a great deal. And I had a line, uh, some kind of gay homophobic line about Tyler Perry, or calling mm-hmm. him a uh, dressing like Tyler Perry or something like that. And I watched the crowd when I performed. So mm-hmm. I watched everything. So I watched Crow when I performed, I watched her walk in uh, and I said that line, her face dropped, and she turned around and walked out of the building. And at that point, I realized that I hurt somebody unintentionally, wow. just trying to be funny. Wow. I hurt mm-hmm. somebody that I actually like. I'm like, damn, that's, that's kind of jacked up. And So mm. at that point, I was like, yeah, trying to be super duper punchlining and trying to get the, the jokes off and say something that's controversial it's not worth it. And I got a better way to express myself. And I, I think I can articulate myself a little bit better than that. Wow. So I that, did, that, yeah. That, that was like early a scene in the straight game. out of, that's like a scene straight out of a movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I felt. I, I saw it and it might've been 90 some people in the crowd. And I saw that one person walk in and I'm rapping and I'm like, yeah, I'm about to kill this. And I'm thinking I got all these thoughts when I'm rapping these lyrics. <laughs> and I'm seeing this one person walk in the door and then I see their face change. And I see that I hurt them, and I'm still performing. Meantime, like damn, I messed that up. All these thoughts go in my mind while I'm doing these lyrics, and I still got like four more songs left. It's it's a, an interesting dynamic. It's but not lot. everybody. But also, not everybody can do that. Like, how many people? How
0: many people are gonna double down and they can say, no, 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 I am who I am. You know, now yeah, that's one person who walked out. I don't care about her. <laughs> she don't see the vision. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's you know, a lot it, of people that like that. It's like, well, guess enough for her, and keep it moving. So, nah, so that me so, so, okay. So, here's one for you. Mm-hmm. If somebody were to say to you, "Well, you aren't being who you really are," if you decide to change for one person, what do you say to
1: that? Hmm. I think that humans are multifaceted anyway. It's like, uh, I could be a rapper and, and even a lot of these other rappers, uh, like Ghostface and, uh, styles P for example, mm-hmm. they, uh, they are like vegetarians and pescatarians that have plant-based diets. Mm-hmm. And you could be like, man, why you never rap about eating plants all day? You'd be rapping <laughs> about drugs and stuff. <laughs> like, why would I rap about that? that? That's, that's my other life. That's what's going on. And it doesn't. Translate well musically. I might slip something in there, yeah. but that's not not being me because I wasn't talking about yeah. it. Uh, some mm-hmm. people with their religion and their faith or uh, some people with their relationships. There's some people that mm-hmm. don't talk about their wives whatsoever. Like J. Cole got a wife and kid. And mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. knows. And Drake likes strippers. <laughs> but he, it took Pusha T to talk about it. And, and then it came out later. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, <laughs> for, for folks. <laughs>
0: Drake, oh, all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you're listening to for our edification, I'm Eddie Francis, and we're talking to Austin Levy. Austin Levy is an MC. He's a businessman from New Orleans, straight out of the N.O. Uh, and my man is one of the. 40 under 40 for gambit and this is a brother i have been wanting to talk to for a minute actually um and if you're in new orleans or when you're in new orleans you got to visit biscuits and buns on banks okay absolutely all right so now let's talk about austin the businessman when did that happen when did you become a businessman? i mean you already had the hut you had the studio right. Um, you already, you know, you've been, you, you, in and an, you an audio engineer, you, you, you're producing, you're doing all this stuff. When, when did, when was the businessman born?
1: Uh, so, well, I'm not gonna say it was before music, but the, the seeds were planted before music. My parents, uh, my dad, he's a waiter and been a waiter all my life. He's in his, mm. uh, late sixties now and he's still kind of waiting tables, but it's not a priority for him anymore. He does it. Mm-hmm. you know, just for extra money at this point and to, to make ends meet for certain things if he has a goal in mind. But my mm-hmm. parents have always owned homes pretty much uh, since I was about eight years old. That was like, the 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 own home that we lived in, my parents owned it and bought it, and that was a big thing for them. And then they went on to purchase a few other properties, properties that people said, oh, buy that house? You buying that? Well, that's terrible. It's on MLK. Don't do that. <laughs> We're talking late 90s. You buying a house yeah. on Claiborne and a board. Don't do that. And yeah. now those houses that they bought way back when for $15,000, for $30,000, these houses are worth $280,000 and $350,000. And there's people knocking on their door every day trying to buy it. And mm. I sort of saw those things and they ingrained those things in me. So another part of the story that nobody knows, why don't you keep to your true self and talk about this? Uh, <laughs> so I was... Uh, I went to Suno for a little while after mm-hmm. after high school, and I didn't do well. <laughs> nice way to put it. Uh, I wasn't completely invested in school. I was in, uh, at Suno for criminal justice. I did that uh, for about a year and racked up about $10,000 worth of debt. And I said, yeah, this sucks. I'm not doing this. <laughs> I don't really want to be here. So I uh, made another great idea. I joined the NOPD uh Really? Police academy? Yeah, went to the police academy. This was 2003. The process mm-hmm. started. I was 19 at that point. Made the decision kind of early. You can't hit the street until you're 21, so we waited until I was 20 to go through the police academy. Because I just simply didn't want to keep acquiring debt at that point with school. Because mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't into it. And that was like, the best thing smoking. is like, man, if you join the NOPD, you can make a whopping thirty-five thousand dollars. Say what? <laughs> Man, i'm 19 let's go I that. Got a so me and my friend we uh we went ahead with it and he he, he hyped me up to do it he said man we could be like martin and uh and will and the fresh prince we could be bad boys this would be awesome and like i said me? Brandon, this are you is, kidding are you kidding that me this way this, Wait, was, this was, was this was really the vision <laughs> that was the vision at the 10th age of 19 uh making 20 he was like this is it we could be Martin and Will and Bad Boys. This is gonna be awesome. And then he didn't make it. And I was stuck there by myself, like, uh oh, what am I gonna do? Because uh the vision has, has altered a little bit. But uh so I went through the police yeah. academy, finished police academy. My birthday is September tenth. Uh mm-hmm. Katrina happened August thirty first and I never made it to the street and I never joined N O P D because wow. my birthday was 11, 10 days after Katrina. And wow. I never turned back. Yeah, so that's kind of what happened with that. And I brought that up for a reason. I completely don't remember where I was going with that. But, yeah, that's that's kind of part of the story, too. But, yeah, so at that point, while I was in the police academy, that's where it was going. While I was in the police academy, I was trying to plan my pivot to get out of that as well because I was like, this is not it. I can't be a rapping NOPD officer. This is not going to work. This rap thing is going kind of okay. So let me not <laughs> do that. So at that point mm-hmm. I decided I was gonna try and buy a double. I was going to closing on August thirty first, uh on wow. a double in Algiers Point. And I said, hey, no, it was uh it wasn't August 31st. We pushed it back to uh whatever that Monday was. We pushed it back. It was supposed to be that Thursday, and mm-hmm. people were talking about like evacuating that kind of thing. And my real estate agent he moved to Nashville. But he was like, uh yeah, man, nothing's gonna happen. But let's just wait until the weekend's over and see what happens. Then we'll go through at the close. and We we'll just push it back, and I couldn't get in contact with them. And that house is a double, and I'm probably sure Algiers Point's probably a three hundred fifty thousand dollar house now.
0: I was gonna say Algiers yeah. Point, man, that thing is—it's up, yeah. yeah. up there. It's up there. Algiers Point I, is popping, I, I from what I understand. Yeah, it is.
1: I fumbled so, that one, and that's kind of been one of my regrets. So I kind of been like doing real estate stuff and. Airbnb since then, and then we kind of mm-hmm. just elevated and just been involved and just been consuming a lot of stuff. And I know music, in theory, for me, it, it could last forever, but music, uh, in terms of how I was doing music with the touring and being out away from my family all the time and long studio hours and recording people until two in the morning, I, I, I saw into that part of music. Me, so I pivoted, <laughs> yeah. That was my
0: the next. I I I actually remember. Oh man, I actually remember a couple of social media posts you did about kind of the pain points of being, you know, a a studio owner. (laughs) So that was you like at some point. I remember you were just like, man, I don't know about this because you know, Joker's coming here wilding all the time, and I'm not sure I'm built for this anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, So so. that's interesting because, so w- w- so as far as you're being a performer is concerned, mm-hmm. is that is that an itch you have to scratch or Absolutely. because you just you, you just scratch. can't, yeah you 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 can't get it out of your blood. You have to perform you at can. some point.
1: Okay, you, you okay. And in, in being a performer, just being a rapper in general, depending on what you're in, into it for. If you're into it for the yeah. art. And the competition part, it's is, is some competition in, it, in your mind. Even if it's just in your mind, it's some competition yeah. like, man, that was whack. Or even like something as simple as, man, if I would have wrote that beat, wrote to that beat, I would have did something better than that. You always hear yeah. how you would do something. And like, yeah. I, I read articles and hear stuff like Andre 3000 saying like in 2022 that he still wants to write so fresh and so clean. Because like, I just hear something that I need, I, I could have made that verse way doper. And that's, that's something mm. that just doesn't go away. It, it's strange. I still wake up at two in the morning writing rhymes, so that's never gonna really go away. But yeah, it's bad, man. I, I got a problem. <laughs> I got a little <laughs> rap. It doesn't right, go so, away.
0: So, so the restaurant. When when did you decide biscuits and buns on banks? What? How? What? When? I'm, because when you I'm, when you announced it, I was just like, wait, what's he
1: doing? Cool. Let me go check this out. Yeah, that's kind of how it happened. I was uh trying to, so I'm still, I still work at NASA. Been working at mm. NASA for uh, going on 17 years now. Top flight security in okay. the world. And that's, that's <laughs> been going good for me. I made uh, a, a nice amount of money doing that and been able to travel the world pretty much off of just working at NASA and, and saving money and not spending frivolous. So mm. uh, I had a 401k and some other money that I saved up and some music stuff. And I was like, you know, I need to make my money work for me. And that was that, and I was wrong, because I am working for my money right now, literally. (laughs) It's it's, it's hard, it's rough. I could have did some other things, but initially, when we got the restaurant, the initial plan was to get a a coffee house, pretty much. I was going to open up a coffee mm -hmm. shop. And I was like, I could do that. You drink coffee, I drink coffee. Not much knowledge needed for it. You don't need ten mm-hmm. employees to run a coffee shop. You can have one person. Somebody grandma put them in there, let them sell coffee. You'll happened ever after? Very little overhead. You can get like a little small kiosk kind of thing. Just need an espresso machine. I worked it out in my mind. I say, all right, let's go with it. And the price was right. Let's do it. And mm-hmm. then it fell through. We got catfished. Mm-hmm. And coffee shop sense, we was, I was attempting to acquire a business. And that's what happened mm. with Biscuits and Buns. It was a pre existing business and we acquired it. And they told me, we have this restaurant for the exact same price as the coffee shop that's no longer there, if you want to go with that. So I'm like, what? A, a restaurant for the same price? That's a great idea. Why not? <laughs> and we're
0: here now. We're here hey, now. man. But it's a learning the curve, picture. but it's
1: going, it's going great.
0: But I saw the picture of the shrimp and grist that you posted the other day. I'm coming to get, grits, <laughs> to get some shrimp and grits, man. Coming to get some shrimp and grits. So, how did it feel yeah. when you got the call that you were recognized as one of the Gambit's
1: Forty Under Forty? How did that feel, man? Who? Uh, it was. It's conflicting, cause mm. I've done a lot of things. Mm-hmm. In my life, and a lot of things, I'm pretty accomplished. When I think when it comes to making music and the other things that I I do, and I would think if anything would have got me all these accolades, I would have thought it would be music. Twenty years of my mm. music career versus eight months at that point of me being in the restaurant industry. Right. <laughs> so it's it's uh it's rough. It's it's a, a little not defeating, but. Mm-hmm. It just make you feel some kind of way, I guess is the best way to put it. It's like, this? This, this what you like? <laughs> well, all right. I'll take it. I'll take it. And I know that I'm, uh, I'm facing, running up against uh, the, the clock pretty much. So yeah. I, I was aware. I said, i just take it how I can. You know, I'm about to be 40 next month at mm. this point. So my last opportunity to do it, I'll take it. I'll take it gracefully. I'll humble myself and take this wonderful award. All right. So I I have to, you know, since
0: since you really, really focus so much on personal growth and 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 this podcast, you know, I I love to talk about personal leadership, this concept of growing, you know, know, really investing in yourself, developing yourself so that Mm -hmm. you can influence the people around you. And and so. Um, And that's something that I also hear in your lyrics, that you really, really want to be able to influence people in some really healthy, positive way. Um, What would you say are three really big personal growth lessons that you have learned so far in life with all of your adventures? I mean, NOPD, the NASA thing, that's that's interesting. I mean, NOPD, NASA, hip hop you know, lyrics, studio engineer, restaurant owner. I mean, what, what are some of the three, give me three big ones for you that you can think of. And then, and if you want to add a couple after that, we'll, we'll go to top five too.
1: I would say, uh, never stop learning. Never, never be afraid to stop learning. Mm. Uh, obviously you can learn something from anybody, it's not always the, the rich, famous person that's gonna give you the keys to success. Sometimes it could be somebody that you look down on. It could be a little old lady at at Edwin Dixie. And you're mm. talking to her, and you're like, man, you know what? That make a lot of sense. You know, Jews come from a, a lot of places. Mm. Uh beyond that, like just like I said, just never never stop learning. Never be afraid of something new. Because mm. I'm clearly not afraid of anything no. new at this point. <laughs> And uh, and I and I guess just don't underestimate yourself, especially long as you're prepared. If you do the work and if you prepare yourself and do everything possible that you can do to mm. prepare yourself for the situation, I say go for it, because that's that's what fear comes from, pretty much from mm. lack of preparation. That's mm. that's that's what I learned. That hmm. if, if you that's that's pretty much what fear is disguised as. That just means you're not prepared for the moment. And that's um, something that you can do. Go get prepared. And you go into it
0: confident. That is, you know what, I, I have to say this because I've had I've had a lot of conversations with my wife about this lately. Um she is not from New Orleans and so one of her things is she's always asking me these questions about growing up in New Orleans and mm-hmm. and and what you just said is something that I think is really so interesting about I, it is is really a departure i think from a, what a lot of us are taught in new orleans you know a lot of times we hear don't do that are you crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like, it's like oh what makes you think you can do that you know and and things yeah. like that and and you really push hard against that grain you you push really really hard about that uh, against People. that because for for you it's why would i not do it that that's what i hear yeah. from you why yeah. not do it? You have, a, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have it's, it's like this, you have, you have this serious. You only live one spirit, man. That that's the thing that's so that's so interesting to me about you. uh
1: The actual real thing now that I'm thinking about it too. The the, the thing that uh fast tracked this whole entrepreneurial thing that I have going on now. uh during COVID, I, I switched locations of the studio. I was uh by Xavier, and then I switched it to uh, a location near Carver, across street from Carver. And oh, wow. I had a, a buddy of mine that I didn't even realize was my buddy because I just know so many humans through all of these years. <laughs> but it was a guy uh named Wall Street Trapper. I don't know if you're familiar with him,
0: but uh, he. Wall Street
1: Trapper. I, I like the name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he's super dope. He recorded his uh his podcast out of my studio during COVID while I was at work. I was just gave him the keys, like man, just go do your thing, man. And he was a, a welder that worked for a company named Lucan, uh, at NASA. And I met him just one of the four thousand people that I check on the daily coming into the gate. That he remembered me, and I'm like, all right, cool, hey man, you say you know me, let's go with it. And then the longer I talked to him, it made more sense. But uh, I ended up hosting a, a bunch of podcasts. Uh, I think the actual podcast name was Black Wealth Sciences. It's, it's some guys from Lafayette, some some young guys too. And they got like probably 600,000 followers on the Instagram. And huh. as part of that, Wall Street Trapper came over there and he's like, What's up, Lee Man? Like, hey, what's up? Whoever you are. And I figured out who he was, but he worked at Lucan, But long story short, with him, uh, and in that podcast in general, while they were there, I met uh, some people, I I Got on my my wealth journey. I ran across uh, the podcast, Earn Your Leisure, uh, some of the mm. people with, that's involved with that. Uh, the guy, Wall Street Trapper, he was a, a welder. And I'm listening to his story. And this was the the beginning of it. He is probably sitting on like $20 million since COVID. But he, he slept on his mama's sofa and took all of his welding checks and worked all of the overtime and didn't spend. And while he was in prison, he learned... He's a New Orleans person everybody went to jail here for, that's everybody's story for some reason but he was in in prison for some uh for some nefarious activities and uh and he learned something from a, a guy that he was just in a bunk with for maybe said a week or two he he told him pretty much uh this older white guy told him about the stock stock market and how to invest your money and he took all he got out and changed his entire life and now he has been on everything. He's been on the Charlemagne uh, personal podcast. He's been on the Breakfast Club, I think, four times now. He invests money for Rick Ross. He invests money for for Dame Dash and a bunch of people. He is right out the night ward. And this has all happened in the last 24 months. Last 24 months. I I literally see this happen with my own eyes. He, like, not struggling, but he trying to figure out how you going to give me $60 to record a podcast. And now he's Mm -hmm. on the biggest podcast on the planet Earth. He's been on, like say been on Preface Club four times at this point. He helping Angela Yee invest and in getting her into the stock market. And mm. he bought, I think, 100 acres out in Atlanta. And he, he got a super dude. He, he was just here yesterday, matter of fact. I think he did the off field. He's talking to crowds like that now from something he did 24 to 36 months ago. And also, Damn. while, uh, with the Black Wealth <sighs> Renaissance thing, the guys that came in, I met mm. uh these people. What's the, the podcast is called our rich journey and
0: mm-hmm. i've heard a uh, husband and
1: definitely. wife yeah and they moved out uh, they retired at 40 they retired at 40 that was their goal and that soon became my goal and uh it's like man that's kind of cool i got two years at that point to, to make it happen and i was just like man i've just been at NASA way too long there's videos of me at NASA with hair I'm like, the instruction <laughs> manual, I'm over here checking badges and saying hi to people, 20 pounds lighter with a head full of hair. My chin was up here and I had no facial hair. It was, it was like, man, it's depressing. I got to go. But yeah, just seeing these people, and these are actual people that I actually know, people that I actually met. I went out to Portugal, not for them. I was just going to Portugal, because why not? And I went out there and I hung out with them. I'm like, man, these are regular people. They're cool as hell. So it's just... Yeah. uh. Knowing these kind of people and and they being attainable and, and tangible, real, actual people. That, that was like, man, I'm kind of connected. I know some people. I'm in a lot of rooms. I, I can just do this myself. So this is uh, kind of the beginning of the journey that, that everybody's seeing. And I'm kind of transparent with it on Facebook and on Instagram. And I keep everybody in the loop on what's going on so that there's uh, no illusions about it. This being <laughs> very easy. Oh, that mm-hmm. my my rich fairy grandmother gave me some money and I oh, I, I hit the lottery. I heard that one man. Did he even hit the lottery? Man, he buying at the block. I said no, not really. Not. If I hit the lottery, I would do something else. Like
0: right. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, but you you would know if the lottery you know. got in. <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely know. Man, Well my man Austin Lever, man, uh MC, businessman, gambit 40 under 40. My brother, thank you so much for paying me a visit on for our edification and biscuits and buns on banks. You're in New Orleans. You gotta go. I'm coming to get my shrimp and grits, man.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And you are invited on September 10th, I think it's the date I'm going with. We are doing the tasting. <laughs> Don't tell everybody else though. So <laughs> if you're watching this podcast. I'm not talking to y'all. I'm just talking to Eddie Francis. You are invited <laughs> to the tasting, man. And, and your lady friend and the wife.
0: Oh, okay, cool. You and wife. We're going to be there. I'm man. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, brother. Sir. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. And thanks again to Austin Levy for joining me on this episode of For Our Edification. You can connect with him and find out more about him by going to the information in the show notes. Don't forget, you can go and uh, check him out in person also if you want to check out his restaurant, but then you can listen to lyrics, all that good stuff. And don't forget also that you can get past episodes for Our Edification by going to eddyfrancis.com. You can go to YouTube to get some past episodes or wherever you get your podcasts. All right? I, I'm only asking you to do three things by the way download give feedback and share for Dr. Halima Lee Francis I'm Eddie Francis thank you so much for joining me on this episode of for our edification